to an extent. I enjoy them for what they are, but they are not something I would choose to read. Okay. Um, so, I mean, uh, although I will say that as much as I would have liked, like, heroic story of, like, defiance or, like, you know, the rebels, mm-hmm. I, I feel like this was more real. It was more like what everyday people would have done in a dystopian universe, and I think that has merit, you know? I think it's definitely worth talking about. Um, like, you, you don't know to change things until it's too late. And I think that's really prominent in this book, and I think that that's a more realistic approach to a dystopian society. I would agree with you in that. Well, for me, I like dystopian novels. I like pushing it to the very limit. Um, It kind of, it makes me think harder and longer about the things that maybe I overlook in my daily life, or I just get more creative with my own thoughts and my own writing. Um, But I think what made this one especially... uh, cringeworthy but in all the good sense of the term yes. for me mm-hmm. is that this could happen like mm. i i don't think i'm overreacting when i say that i can see this happening that's literally in this society my final and that's points. terrifying as a woman that's that's literally my final points like i i have copied word for word my final thoughts and i'll talk about them later when we actually do like the full read through mm-hmm. of our notes and stuff but um i definitely feel like like this, I could see this happening. And there are a couple points where I embarked. I was like, this is so realistic. It's scary. Or it's happening already. Yeah. And here's the evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, did you do research? <laughs> I meant evidence from the book. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> but okay. we'll get there. I understand. Um, also, um, if you read, if you read like the introduction by Margaret Atwood, we both have a, a an edition that has, I think we got the same edition this time, which yeah. is great. This is the Anchor so. Books edition. Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> um, Anchor Books, the Division of Penguin Random House, LLC, New York. Copyright 1986. Introduction, copyright 2017. Um, both by O.W. Toad Limited. So, um, that's the copy we are working off of. If you have a different copy, sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry, but good luck with that. Yeah. Um, but, so in the introduction to our book, she talks about, like, the question, is this a feminist novel? And actually, it struck me more as an environmentalist novel at a couple points. And I'll, I'll talk more about it. Like, I think I wrote down quotes and stuff. But, um, like, things like dead fish, like, all the fish are dying, the oceans are dying, mm-hmm. they've got genetic issues, a lot of the women can't produce viable babies anymore, they've got people in the colonies dealing with nuclear fallout, like, it's, I feel like it's almost a a commentary on, like, you're destroying the planet and this is how it's gonna affect us. So, like, they're destroying the planet and how you're gonna fix it is by being completely sexist and putting all the men in a higher power. Well, that's not what I mean, you know, like, I don't think that that's her her reaction. No, 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 but that's what, that's what it comes across in the book, is that that's how these, the people of Gilead will fix it. Okay, yes, I was like, not, not Margaret suggesting this, Jackie. The people of Gilead think that the only way to fix the environmental problem. Yes. Is by, like, making it so that women are basically women do this and wired to breed. Like, that's all they're, because that's what they're good for. Yeah. Is breeding. Which, it's scary to think that there are people out there who's, like actually think that yeah and that's what makes this book so terrifying is that this is real yes also um i think that like the quintessential example of men in this book is the commander like i 
And there are good men too. Like you've got Nick. Nick is good, but like uh, the commander, I re- I have a lot of notes about the commander where mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't understand this guy. You know, like I just I don't I don't get it. And like I, I guess it's more like he wanted he wanted men to be back in power and has somehow deluded himself that that is better for everybody. But like, he's still subject to all of his primal desires. So like, cause he, he obviously, if he's in a position of power within Gilead, he was part of the coup. He was part of the people who overthrew the old government and instated these laws and instated these rules that were like, women have to breathe. We, only the wives have this and only the handmaids do this and only the Marthas do this. And like, you have to have some sort of say to do that. So obviously he believes in what they're doing, but also he's got, he's got Offred doing, do you say it Offred or Fred? I say Offred. Offred. Okay, that's how I say it too. Um, but to be fair, that's how I read it in my head. That's like, how they say how it in, they... in the show. Is it? Okay. So maybe I'm like, I'm I... predisposed to think that. Predisposed? Yep. <laughs> um, I, I guess it was the only reason I, I think like of Fred is like their names are like of Fred. Yeah, like of I am Warren, Warren. of Yeah. So like. Off Glenn, off Fred. Off Fred. Okay. I, okay. So off Fred. Like he's got her coming to his room. He's got, he's taken her to the. We'll get to the brothel. Yeah, we'll get but, to the um, <laughs> um, Like, you're still, like... It, I feel like that's just such a quintessential example of, like, how much men in power suck. Where it's like, like, oh, but I'm doing this for your own good. And, oh, I'm doing this because, like, it's better for everybody. See, that's interesting because I... But really, he's still breaking the frickin' rules! I, but only on his terms, and that must be okay. Right! It. Oh my god, it makes me so mad. Well, I actually think that... At least from the beginning, I think maybe my my um my thoughts have changed as I'm reading this. Um, but in the beginning, when they were talking about how Gilead came to be, it almost seemed that Serena Joy was more so the one that was a part of the original team that formed the idea of Gilead and enforced it and in place these laws. Because she was the one on television. She was the one giving speeches. Someone tried to assassinate her. Whereas from the commander, we don't get a lot of history from him. He just like is there and is a man. Do you think it's because she was so instrumental in, ter- like, creating Gilead that, like, her- were they already married before Gilead began? I don't think that we get a sense of that. Because if they were, then maybe it's the sense that, like, she's been promoting this and now it's her turn to take a step back and become a wife to the commander and because the commander was already married to this woman who was so instrumental in, like, creating Gilead, um, he's the one who gets the power. It's probably some, I'm sure they went into it as a team, but I think that the driving force of that team was Serena Joy. Yeah. There were moments when I hated her and moments when I was like, you're okay. That's what the show does as well. Yeah. I really highly suggest the show. It's it's one of those shows where you hate a character and then you love them, and then you love a character and then you hate them, and then you're just confused. Ugh, that's how the book was. <laughs> Which I, I, I appreciate that. I like having to figure things out for myself and being a little confused and having to separate the right and the wrong, realizing there is no separation and good people do bad things and bad people do good things. Yeah. I like challenging your your black and white thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's my general thoughts. Yeah. Those are my overall thoughts. So, I mean, I guess we can move into quotes corner because I have a lot of quotes and I feel like we might... <laughs> All right. So, where's your first quote? Page seven. Okay. My first quote is page... XVI. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, damn, we're gonna be here a long I have, while. I have, two, I have two quotes from the like the introduction, and then I also have my my first real quote is from page seven. <laughs> so I if it's the same. Okay. Um, my first quote is um, from the introduction when Margaret Atwood is talking about like, is this a feminist novel? 
and I just really, really liked this quote. It said, um, if you mean a novel in which women are human beings with all the variety of character and behavior that implies and are also interesting and important and what happens to them is crucial to the theme, structure, and plot of the book, then yes. Why interesting and important? Because women are interesting and important in real life. They are not an afterthought of nature, they are not secondary players in human destiny, and every society has always known that. Without women capable of giving birth, human populations will die out. I mean, true. Yeah, that's a fact. It, I just, I just, I was like, I liked that description of why women are, are central and important. And like, also I feel like this sentence, it, like this quote, it points out the issues with like novels in general, you know, like writing in general, TV in general, complex female characters are hard to come by. Why? Why is like why we are have boobs? They get in the way of our brains. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's obviously not true if you look at either of us. <laughs> oh my god, Chrissy! I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm on my third, fourth glass of wine. Whatever. Here we um, are. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, a lot. Never mind. We're not going there. <laughs> um, no, but I'm I just, agree. I think it's important to note that like, I um, I read this quote with like a hint of, like, sarcasm. Like, are they central and important to the theme? Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> women are essential and important. Yeah. Like, duh. You know, I don't know. I, I, that's, it just struck me. So, also, I liked the quote um, from page XVIII, which is Roman numeral 18, because I am smart. Um, <laughs> did you Google it? I did not. I'm I so know Roman you. numerals. X ten V five I I I. My boobs are not bigger than my brain. Um, I mean, even a terrible they are. sentence. <laughs> I'm sure you're. Uh, I'm Good sorry. for you. No, this is okay. This quote says the book is not anti-religion. It is against the use of religion as a front for tyranny, which is a different thing altogether. Which was like, Jackie's not religious. I am, and like that's the thing that bugs me the most about people who like say they are Christians, but then, like, condemn all the people that they see as sinners. Because that just pisses me off. Because it's like, that. if you'd read the Bible, if you'd, like, actually gone to church, you'd know that that's not the point. Like, yeah, well, people say you're a freaking sinner. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know. I went to Bible study while I was in college, and I vividly remember one that said something like, you see sin as a bar graph, but God sees sin as a checkbox. And so you could be a murderer, you could be a liar, you could be an adulterer, you could be cheating on a test. God sees all of those as checkboxes, not like murder is not. Where you do more you know, or less. You're just, it's just, yeah. are you a, a sinner, sinner or are you not? You mm-hmm. are a sinner, God still loves you. You know, like that, that's my type of religion. That's what I believe in. And so like, I really appreciated that quote that was like. I think it's important to like, just disclaimer that this book wasn't written to hate on Christians or mm-hmm. any specific and I didn't feel that way as like as a Christian. I did not feel like I was being attacked. Right. It's so I hope you didn't either. Sorry that they used the Bible in ways that I know that true Christians wouldn't. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I know y'all aren't like that. Yeah. Most of you. Most of you. Okay. What's your quote from page seven? I want to see if it's the same thing. Waste I... not, want not. I am not being wasted. Why do I want? Yes. I I have a little bit more. I have the the line before it too that says. This is the kind of touch they like. Folk art, archaic, made by women in their spare time for things that have no further use. A return to traditional values. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, ah, traditional. I don't know. The 
traditional values to me immediately is a red flag. Yeah. Because, like, which ones are you talking about? Are you talking about the racism, the sexism, the ageism? Like, can you let me know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening here? Are you going to condemn all LGBTQ? Like, what is traditional value? Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Agree, 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 agree. And to my point, I'm not being wasted. Why do I want? I think she's saying this. I get it. Like kind of the, the when you said the first thing, it's sarcastically. Um, I'm not being wasted. And then insert parentheses because all I'm good for is breeding, and that's what I'm here to do. So I'm not being wasted. So why do I want? I shouldn't want anything. Ugh, see, that's so interesting because I didn't read it like that. Ooh. I read most of the beginning of the book is very deadpan, very like, this is how it is, this is what's mm-hmm. happening. Like, I'm not being wasted. Why do I want? You know, like, almost like this detached, like, I almost feel like she just floats through her life and she's like, she just observes from behind like a screen. You know, like, that's the that's the vibe I got from her narration, at least for the first half of the book. Because I think it changes a little bit, but like, I... It definitely changes, because I felt throughout the book, I couldn't tell if she liked this new life or didn't. Yeah! I, I literally wrote that down. That's in my notes. Oh, no. <laughs> my notes. No. Um, yeah, I, I actually, I don't think I kept that for, like, the podcast uh-huh. purposes, but, like, I literally had a note that was like, does she like this? Like, I don't understand what's happening here. And I, I don't know. I just think it's... I, I see her as, like, having this, like, film over her eyes, where she just kind of, like, goes through the motions of this job, the motions of her, like, position in society, and she's, she's like, like, I'm not being wasted, why do I want, what is this emptiness, I don't understand, Mm -hmm. you know? Or she's feeling a want, but she doesn't know why, because she shouldn't. Like, almost numb, like, she's been numb for so long, she's like, what is this emptiness, I I don't understand Well, because I think when we get into the book, this has been going on for years. Yeah, that's And that's true. not the same thing as the show. In the show, it's all very, very new. Mm. And in the show, she is much more of a rebel and is never okay with any of her situation. Mm. So that was a big difference from the book to the show. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, what's your next quote? Um, the, one I, the next one I want to talk about is on page 20. Okay. Uh, mine's 22, so why don't you go okay. first? Okay. So page 20, um, they're talking about the guardians and the eyes. It says, they're just doing their job, keeping us safe. Nothing safer than dead. Oh, um, that's a good quote. I think that I, I read that and I was like, oh, okay. So we're, we're in this a hundred percent. This is happening. Yeah. Um, I think at that point they had, um, there was a riot broken out or maybe, uh, someone walking astray. They just shot him dead point. It's just, yeah. Last week they shot a woman right out here. She was a Martha. She was fumbling in her robe for her pass and they thought she was hunting for a bomb. Yep. They thought she was a man in disguise. There have been such incidents. Nothing safer than dead, which is kind of true. Yeah. It's not ideal. <laughs> but, like, factually, yeah. yeah, it's true. I mean, yeah, factually it is true. Mine is from 22. Okay. Same, so it's the same chapter. Um, I just really liked this line. It said, nobody's heart is perfect. Mm, nobody's heart is pervasive. Nobody's perfect. Yes. Yes, I have a friend um, who I see maybe like once every six months to a year, um, and we have very different lifestyles, but I really enjoy seeing him because he doesn't ask me, how are you? He asks me, how's your heart? How's your mind? You know, and that feels more meaningful to me, so I I guess it's, that line just kind of jumped out to me because it's like, how's your, like, nobody's heart is perfect, you know? It says, um... 
The vans are surely more silent than the other cars. When they pass, we avert our eyes. If there are sounds coming from inside, we try not to hear them. Nobody's heart is perfect. Where it's like, I, I really think that speaks to the, um, the thing you said earlier about like, you like someone, then you don't like them, and then you're just confused. Yes. Where it's like, these are real characters because they're complex and they have flaws. Right, and, and instead of that. good guy, bad guy, which is what you get with a lot of novels, shows, movies, everything. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, next I have 24. Me as well. Um, what's yours? Freedom to and freedom from. Oh, I have that written down! But my my actual quote was, women were not protected then. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and then I say, I say, holy crap, this is so accurate as to what it's like to be a woman now also the whole freedom to and freedom from thing is interesting. So what I wrote specifically about freedom to and freedom from, I put, yeah, freedom from gross cat collars, but we also had freedom to sock them in the dick, so you tell me which you prefer. <laughs> freedom to sock them in the dick. So oh my god, I love you it. You tell me. I think that you can't paint freedom to and freedom from in two separate boxes. Can I read the passage that like Absolutely. I was talking Please about where do. it says, um, I'm remembering... Oh, the sidewalks here are cement. Like a child, I avoid stepping on the cracks. I'm remembering my feet on these sidewalks in the time before and what I used to wear on them. Sometimes it was shoes for running with cushioned soles and breathing holes and stars of fluorescent fabric that reflected light in the darkness, though I never ran at night and in the daytime only beside well-frequented well roads. And that's what I was like, this is super, like, oh, don't open your door to a stranger, even if he says he is the police. Make him slide his ID under the door. Don't stop on the road to help a motorist pretending to be in trouble. Keep the locks on and keep going. If anyone whistles, don't turn to look. Don't go into a laundromat by yourself at night. Lock your fucking doors and fuck politeness. Yeah! I mean, we're, we're taught that now as women, too. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's my note, is, like, this is super accurate as to, like, what it's like to be a woman. Like, I, I mean, I vividly remember the first time I told Adam I always walk with my keys between my fingers they which i know doesn't understand. actually do anything but like the first time i told him that and he was like what? why yeah i was like why i was like there's a reason girls go to the bathroom in twos yeah it's not because we want to gossip it's because there's probably someone waiting in the bathroom to take advantage of you i think that's what makes this book so scary is that it's like it's based in that fact mm -hmm. you know it's based in that reality yeah it's so, scary i don't know so stop being dicks okay God. yeah just let let women live like just don't Here's a rule. Just don't rape people. Don't attack people. Don't. Ugh. I'm sorry. It's okay. Moving on. Moving on. What's your next quote? 57. Oh, no. You can go ahead. Mine's not for a bit. Okay. I 57, 69, 153. I'm at 121. Okay. So 57, we lived in the gaps between the stories. Oh, that is a good one. I really liked that quote. I don't... Let me see if I can find that page and see what the context was. But I was like, wow, that is such a good quote. <laughs> um, that that reminded me more of like our mini-sodes than anything, actually. Oh. Um, how awful we would say, and they were, but they were awful without being believable. They were too melodramatic. They had a dimension that was not the dimension of our lives. They were... I'm sorry. They were talking about like when the men were being... Um, oh, no, no, no. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. 
So um, we lived as usual by ignoring. Ignoring isn't the same as ignorance. You have to work at it. Nothing changes instantaneously. In a gradually heating bathtub, you'd be boiled to death before you knew it. There were stories in the newspapers, of course, corpses in ditches of the woods, bludgeoned to death or mutilated, interfered with as they used to say, but they were about other women and the men who did such things were other men. None of them were the men we knew. The newspaper stories were like dreams to us, bad dreams dreamt by others. How awful we would say, and they were, but they were awful without being believable. They were too melodramatic. They had a dimension that was not the dimension of our lives. We were the people who were not in the papers. We lived in the blank white spaces at the edge of print. It gave us more freedom. We lived in the gaps between the stories. I like that a lot. So it's like, I feel like it, she's basically just like, you never think it's going to happen to you. And it's true. I mean, you they talk about that with like car crashes yeah. and any sort of night walks that people take on or being kidnapped or yeah. you know, everything's going to happen to you. Right. And yet we still do nothing to change what we do. <sighs> it's wild. <sighs> yeah, it, it's wild. It's wild. Um, also, page 69, and I find the page number for this ironic because <laughs> the quote is, but maybe boredom is erotic when women do it for men. She did that on shit on purpose. <laughs> nice. The, 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 nice. Nice. <laughs> I, I bet the editors did that on purpose. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, I, there is some, like, women are so fetishized, you know? Well, yeah, it's okay for somebody to watch one on women, but it's really not cool for someone to watch men on men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, like, a stigma there. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if you're like, if you're not comfortable with talking about sex or like sexual content or anything like that, maybe this is not the episode for you. We probably should have opened. I it probably that. really should. If you know anything that. about The Handmaid's Tale, you know that we get into some dicey topics here. Yes. So trigger warnings are going to include rape. Yes. They're going to include um like lynching, brothels, murder, lynching. Yeah, like hanging scenes, um, mob murder, like. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. A lot. So if this is, if you're an easily triggered person, Perhaps this is not skip, the episode yeah. for you. Um, Tune into our minisode instead. Yeah, our minisodes are full of poetry and love and fun. So um, make sure you're listening to those. But um, yeah, we probably should have said that at the beginning. I'm sorry if you've made it this far. And although I don't think we've said anything like too, too hard here. Um, okay, what's your next one? Um, so I didn't write down the page number, but it's the Latin quote. Oh, yes. No, I have that. Um, it's, no, I don't. I had it in my old notes. Well, it's huge in the, the book and the movie. No, or the show, said I mean. te bastares. De bastares cabarandaram. Yeah. Cabarandaram. Cabar- don't let the bastards grind you down. <laughs> yeah, like, don't let the man get you down, man. Yeah, very 70s. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, I love that. I actually wrote it down and I looked up what it meant before they explained it in the book i knew and then i got it. to the explanation yeah. and i was like why did i google this like <laughs> well i knew it from the show but you can also you can kind of take a little guess yeah you can it's i was like hard. don't let the bastards something i was like it's probably don't let the yeah, bastards get, get you down. down like so technically it it translates to don't let the bastards grind you down but right. it's not real latin so well i think it's important to talk about like how much Alfred clinged to that teeny little break in the rules of the woman before her who was previous Alfred yeah. in that household. Scratch that in so you could hold on to something, anything in your environment when yeah. you didn't have any control over anything else. Yeah. It was like a little secret. It was a little reminder. Yeah. Um, and I think it kept Alfred sane for a while. Yeah, I agree. My next quote is not, mo- is not like momentous, but it was a pretty line. That I like. I'm ready. Let's hear it. (laughs) 
The tulips have had their moment and are done, shedding their petals one by one like teeth. Yeah, that's something Chrissy would like. I know, it's just so pretty. <laughs> Mine is not pretty. It's on page 121. Okay. A man is just a woman's strategy for making other women. <laughs> wow, I can't believe I didn't write that down. Yeah. That's a good quote. Yeah. Who said that one? Alfred? Alfred was, that was her like commentary. Because she was more like, aren't we the ones in charge? We're the ones creating these things and we just use you as a tool. There's that. All right. What's your next quote? My next quote doesn't happen until page 235. Oh, okay. I've got two more before them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my last quote is 237, so. I also have 237, and I'm sure it's the same. Oh, uh, I'm sure. Um, okay. So, page 194. I have enough daily bread, so I won't waste time on that. It isn't the main problem. The problem is getting it down without choking on it. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So, she's talking about, she's praying, yeah. and she's like... I think she's starting to finally, like, understand her circumstances, and she's, like, starting to... This I feel like this is where we get, like, the action offered, you know, where... Um, let me well, see this, if is, I kind of, this is kind of towards the, the middle, if not even more so in the book, where we're seeing a little bit of fire from her. Yeah, where she says... Um, maybe I wrote this wrong. Oh, it was... Yeah, 194. So she's... She's talking to God and she says, she says, I pray where I am sitting by the window, looking out through the curtain at the empty garden. I don't even close my eyes out there or inside my head. It's an equal darkness or light. And then she starts with familiar words. If you are a Christian. So, um, my God who art in the kingdom of heaven, which is within that's super close to like who art, Lord, in, heaven. Who art in heaven. Yeah. How would be that name? name? Yeah. So I went um, to church once. I wish you would tell me your name, the real one I mean, but you will do as well as anything. I wish I knew what you were up to, but whatever it is, help me to get through it, please. Though maybe it is not your doing, I don't believe for an instant that that what's going on here is what you meant. And that's absolutely true and very important. Because, like, I, again, we've mentioned this before and we'll mention it again. I'm not religious. Chrissy is. Cool. Do your thing. Yeah. Um, If I were to believe in a God, this is not the one I would believe in. You know what I mean? Like, people will tell me about their religion. I'd love to hear. I want to learn. Okay? I like to learn different things. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily, I'm going to dedicate myself to that certain religion and believe in that. But Mm -hmm. I'd love to learn about different religions and religious studies. Yeah. But a lot of the problem, I I have a lot of problems with certain religions because that's not, a my God wouldn't do that. If I were to believe in a God, it wouldn't be that. Right. I, yeah. And I haven't found a religion that has a God that I'm cool with. Yeah. You'd be an agnostic. Yeah. That's how, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I'm right on the, I'm right on the edge. Like, we don't <laughs> care what your religion is. So, um, but yeah. So the rest of that quote, I have enough daily bread, so I won't waste time on that. It isn't the main problem. The problem is getting it down without choking on it. Now we come to forgiveness. Don't worry about forgiving me right now. Um, and it's, you know, give us this day our daily bread. Um, and forgive us our sins. Like, so she, she's literally going through the Lord's prayer, but she's like making it her own. And I like, I enjoyed that page. So well, I think it's important too. I think it's cool to do that. Yeah. I agree. Okay? I agree. And then two eleven is my next quote. Um, it says better is never better for everyone. It always means worse for some. I remember that quote exactly. And I almost didn't write it down because I don't know, maybe I just didn't. I was like, of course, duh, <laughs> but that's a good one. It, I mean, I feel like I've never heard it put so eloquently That's or true. so quickly, that's true. Yeah. you know, where it's like. Better is never going to be better for everybody. You know, like, somebody's always going to get the short end of the stick. My next quote's on 235. What about you? 
Okay, my next quote's on 237. Okay. That's my last quote, so. Okay, so 235, a movie about the past is not the same as the past. Mm. And I think that is important um, because we can watch a lot of documentaries and a lot of movies about important historical, you know, events that happened, whether for the good or for the bad, but it, it doesn't, it's not the same as being there at the time or being a victim of that or even being an offender of that. You can watch a movie, but at the end of the day, we get to go to bed and forget about the movie if we want to. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Chris is drunk. Yes. <laughs> but my next quote. <laughs> We're not even done with quotes corner. <laughs> my next quote is also on two thirty-seven, so I wonder oh, if it's okay. the same. Um. <laughs> Nature demands yep. variety for men. It's nature's plan. Women know that instinctively. Why did they buy so many different clothes in the old days? To trick men into thinking they were several different women. A new one each day. I'm sorry. I put, ew. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to wear the same fucking thing every day of my life. God, I have so many clothes, you guys. Every time I curse, I think my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel bad. I know she listens. <laughs> oh, that's the most pure thing you've ever said. Oh, I know she God. listens. She's like, never met me. She didn't think I'm a terrible person. <laughs> Might. <laughs> no, oh, she knows you rock. She knows you rock. Okay, so yeah, that's, I, I, yeah, that's, that's my last quote. And that's my last quote. And I, it just made me so mad. I, was, I have one more quote, and I'm going to try not to laugh while I read it. See? It's on page 261. Okay. I could just squirt it in a bottle, and you could pour it out. <laughs> it's funny that you found that funny when you read it. Because <laughs> I just imagined it happening. I, oh. <laughs> I understand the laughter now. But to me, it, it felt so, like, caustic when I read yes, it. Yes, absolutely. Where it was like, it was like, I could just, like, if this is all that matters to you, you know, like. I'm a very visual person, so when for I For those read... of you who did not read the book, um, or don't know where we are, or not following along, um, Jackie's reading a quote from Nick when, um, Alfred goes to, um, sleep Nick, with him. sleep with him for the first time. Yeah. He's like, I could just squirt it in a bottle and you could, like, pour it in. And I put, like, that um, doesn't, this is how it works. Like, first of all, women are at, like, milk cartons. <laughs> in and pour out whatever you feel. <laughs> That's not how that works at all. If it was, we'd have a lot more babies, I'd feel, running around. And that, I believe, is my last quote. Yeah, I'm out of quotes, too. I'm out of quotes, too. So I think that marks the end of Quotes Corner. I'm curious to hear the rest of your thoughts. <laughs> I have a lot of them. Yeah, me too. So should we move on? What's the next one called? Is this section called anything? I feel like we should call this section something. The chronological section. I'm sure we called it something. Story time. <laughs> All right, to the ready? time of the story because it's ready chronological. For fucking story time. Okay. Story time. It's story time. It's story time. Oh, wait, no, I really like that. Can we keep yeah. that? Done. Okay. 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 <laughs> uh, I just have like, a couple points. I would say they don't have to be chronological. They're just like overall points. She's scrolling through her phone and I'm seeing the paragraphs and paragraphs of notes that we're going to discuss. So hang in there, folks. Most of them we don't actually have to talk about, no. but... I'm just going to like briefly go over, obviously, some of the important points that were made. Mm-hmm. For instance, everything except the wings around my face, this is Alfred speaking, is red, the color of blood, which defines us. I mentioned fertility. Wait, red has the, is the color... Okay, I'm sorry. I, it just occurred to me that like... 
when you have your period, it signifies that you are not pregnant, that you are not having children, and like when they're they're in red and it's like they're yeah. not. I see that. I see. There it is. Um, see, because I originally thought of it as like more of a taboo color, you know, where it's like we don't want to run red. away, so you have to run oh. away. The scarlet letter. Yeah. Like it, you know, if you if you run away, we can see you because you're red, and they're like. I I, I saw it more as of like a symbolism of fertility, and like that's, that's your job is to breed. That's so interesting. So like youth fertility. But see, like born babies. Red to me doesn't say fertility. Fertility would be more green or yellow. You know, like well, if, I think I'm, if you yeah. consider color theory, red represents anger. Yeah. Red represents blood. It well, the only reason violence. I the only reason I put fertility is because she quotes the color of blood, which defines us, and what defines them is a, an entity to carry children. Yeah, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, and then I thought it was interesting that wife and wives was capitalized as if that's the only thing they are. Their title, that's their noun. Yes. You know? Yeah. The commander, capital C, and their wife, capital W. I want to know why, like, the wives, that title makes sense. Handmade, that title makes sense biblically. Martha's? I looked it up. It's, oh shoot, I looked it up, you guys. <laughs> Should we just go through our notes? Should I just go through I our have it on my it? Google Drive. Um, it's... It's the sister of a biblical character. Is it? Yes, it is. Okay. There, there's biblical symbolism there. So, like, Rachel and Leah um, are the wife and the handmaid. Yeah. And then um, Martha would have been one of their, like, Rachel's sister. I don't, I don't remember which one, but I promise, you, if you look it up, you can find it. I simply okay. Googled, what is Martha Bible? See, I feel like it should have, it should have been, if they were going to use Martha's, like, they should have used sisters or something like that, you know? Because, like, if they're going to use Martha's, they well, should I, call the wives Rachel. I think call... it was supposed to be, I think it's wives has more of a, um, like, like, um, uh, commander and his wife. But then Martha are usually people of color. And I think in, in, in this book, that's supposed to be a lower tier. So it wouldn't be your sister. And that's uh, the name difference. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't visualize it that way at all, so... Yeah, most Marthas they talked about were women of color. Okay, okay. My first note just says, they can't have coffee or liquor or cigarettes? What a sad existence. Right? I mean, <laughs> I need at least one of those Yeah, I, I'm not a smoker. I will never be a smoker because I'm a singer, and, like, I just don't want to destroy my lungs like that. Um, but the whole coffee and liquor thing, like, that's so sad. I would like to... Point out, yeah, agree. Didn't mean to gloss over. No, you're, you're totally good. I like to point out. I think maybe why one of the reasons I like this book and books like this is okay. because of the titles given to certain things. So I have a list of everything that's named and what they're named for. Right. So the commander is the man in charge. Commander's wife is obviously the, the wife who wears blue. You have the handmaid, the handmaid whose job is to produce babies. They're young and pretty and petite. Um, aunt trains the handmaids, and they're typically older women. Martha's people of color, cooks, considered unworthy. Guardians are the armed protectors, keeping everyone in line. Angels are kind of like the military personnel, so like the brothers of the guardians. I don't, I'm glad you read this list because I had a lot of trouble keeping track of who you. did what. It helps if you watch the show. Yeah. The eyes are like top dog guardians. Yeah. They're um, more like the spies. Yeah. Or, and you don't know who's an eye. Yeah. So unwomen are women who are um, who are not fertile. They're okay. 
Yep. Okay. They're often sent to the colonies, which I just put in all caps means death. Yeah. Econo wives is new. That's not in the show. Um, it's not new. I, I meant, I, I meant, I couldn't. <laughs> Book game first. No, I, you're right. I'm sorry. I watched the show first, so to me that's the order. Yeah. Um, Econo wives is new for me. Okay. Because that's not in the show, but they're wives of poor men who are maybe not commanders. Okay. And then unbabies are um, those with birth defects or... They're a baby or a, I guess in this case, a fetus of a miscarriage. They're considered okay. babies. Okay, yeah, I have trouble figuring that out. Like, stillborns or... They're put like, to death. Are... <sighs> Sorry. Wait, so like if it's... If it's an unbaby, it's put to death. Because what's the point? What's going to be their job? Like, tell me out of all of the things I just told you, what's That makes me be? so mad! Oh my gosh! Yeah. Do you remember when um, I literally gave birth? A... Yeah. It was an unbaby. They didn't think so at first, and then a couple pages later they said, yeah, you didn't hear, it turned out to be an unbaby. And that's it. But to me, I read that as, like, she had what we thought was a healthy baby, and then, like, the baby had something, you know, like, where you give birth to a live baby, but then something goes wrong with their health and they Mm -hmm. die? Mm -hmm. I didn't think they killed the baby. Oh, that makes me so mad. That's like, ugh! I read a book in high school called Unwind. Or sorry, unwound. Uh-huh. And the premise was that abortion is now illegal. You have to give birth, but between the ages of fourteen and eighteen, you can choose to have your children unwound, which is basically where they harvest every part of their body and give it to other like needy children who like maybe have a kidney that doesn't work or are blind because they have the technology now to like use every single part of their body. I want to both burn that book and also read it five times. Yes. It was a series. Um, oh. yeah, it was a series. So it was one of the it was a book that we had to read. That that makes me think of like unbaby, you're unwound. Yeah. And it's like some people will do it for religious reasons mm-hmm. and some people do it because their children are like they never wanted the child or they can't afford the child. It's like it's 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 a, it's a lot. It's so well, much. And I like books but, like that yeah. where things have titles. And if you like meaning. this, you would like that book. You would have I'm a little freaky. Like Are you? No, I totally knew that. Um, <laughs> so, um, I have a note that I really liked um, their use of imagery that you would recognize, like everyday imagery, like magazines mm. and like burning books and stuff like that. Where it's uh, that made it more real to me because it was stuff that you would recognize. Um, also, I have a note that on page 40, um, this whole you discussion at the end almost feels like Atwood is breaking the fourth wall, and that's interesting to me. So let me see if I can pull up you page You mean 40. thousands? Here. A story yeah. is like a letter. Dear you, I'll say. Just you, without a name. Attaching a name attaches you to the world of fact, which is riskier, more hazardous. Who knows what the chances are out there of survival? Yours? I will say you. You, like an old love song. You can mean more than one. You can mean thousands. I'll not in any immediate danger. I'll say to you, I'll pretend you can hear me, but it's no good because I know you can't. Yeah, that felt like, and if you don't understand that terminology, um, in theater, breaking the fourth wall is basically when an actor speaks directly to the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just found that super interesting. And I think she did it later in the book too. That I, I, don't, I didn't write that page number down, but where she's like, just by me will it like me telling this story means that you're listening and means that you exist, you know? So what's interesting about that line specifically is, and I thought they would bring this up in the book and 
if they did in the beginning, I don't remember, but they definitely didn't wrap it up in the end as I thought it would. Mm -hmm. In the show, the reason she, we're able to watch the show is because she recorded tapes and sent them to an outsider who was like, this is what's happening. You need to come and help us. Uh, so it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of women's testimonies. You know, like, yeah. You know, like in the help where they write a book based off of their, um, yeah. it's the same thing. It's just tape recordings that they send to the outside. Oh, that makes so much more sense. That's why she's able to write all this. That's why when she's saying, no, it didn't happen like that. No, it happened like this. I feel silly for feeling this. She's yeah. talking to a videotape or a, a um, voice recorder who will then somebody will listen to. Interesting. But I don't think they ever explicitly said that. And I don't want to assume that. They never what, said that in the book. Then I don't want to assume that's what Atwood intended. Yeah, she never said that in the book. Especially because, like, she wouldn't have had the opportunity too in the book or exactly you know yeah. so um okay my next note just has something to do with i said i never knew that mayday came from midday in french mm -hmm. which is like i took french for like five freaking years and i didn't know that i never made that connection okay because midday like m apostrophe a i d e z is help me in French. And then, like, Mayday. It's like, hey, I'm one of y'all. Like, get me out. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. Also, <clears throat> I have a note that just says, so Serena Joy is basically the godmother of Gilead with a bunch of question marks. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Which I, it's interesting they gave her a cane and a wobble because in the show, she's a very stoic. She reminds me of Cersei if you watch Game of Thrones. Very I don't stoic, watch that either. very graceful, very beautiful and very terrifying all wrapped up in a giant bow. Interesting. And I really like her character a lot. Okay. 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 So that Also on that her. same page I wrote also what the fuck is an unbaby. So I'm glad so we there had you the go. discussion. I got you. Um I have a note about the doctor. I just said ew, the doctor ew. So here's my thing though. Plain devil's advocate. Could you consider this an angel of death? Just putting her out of her misery and not having to That still doesn't make it right. No, for sure. <laughs> for sure. But do you think there's some sense of him really trying to be like, you don't have to be with this commander creep, be with me creep instead? It's not okay either way, but I think that it's worth noting. I think it worth is. worth questioning. I think, it, I think it is, but because that's interesting because I read it as like, well, we could do it. You know, yeah, like for sure. You wouldn't have to tell anybody. We could do it, but I do see that where it's like, let me help you get out of this situation. Only because they 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 alluded to the fact that maybe the commander's sterile and she's just gonna be in this position forever and never be pregnant. Yeah, I have a note on page sixty four that says people be stealing babies out here. <laughs> people be stealing babies here in two thousand nineteen. Yeah, that terrifies me. I guess it's just, I guess it's just like. Kidnapping. I have a note on page 62 to 63. Okay. It says, she quoted, Offred quoted, my body seems outdated. Did I really wear bathing suits? And I immediately had a flashback to when I was in boot camp. And I remember getting out of boot camp and seeing people in regular clothes. I was really, like, taken aback. So I can only imagine what it's like to go in uniforms for years and then remember that you wore bathing suits. Like, I can only imagine. So I, like, I felt a little bit of that. Like, yeah. I feel you, Offred. Uh... Yeah. I could not be in the military. I could not do it. I really can't even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I felt that she took the tattoo on her ankle. I just feel like she took that straight from the Holocaust. Oh, yeah. The, you, there's a lot of books and a lot of shows. That, that, that tattoo slash property motif is that we got that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. My, I have a note on 72. Okay. 
I, I read on 71, I hate this page. Was that the gang rape page? Yes. Okay. So this is when the women, the um, handmaids are all together. Um, they're talking about how Janine, who is, that's her real name. That's not her. Janine is her real name and Off Warren is uh, yes. her um, handmaid name. Yes. So they're talking about how Janine was gang raped and it was her fault. Ugh. And like, I'm sorry, but I wrote this in all caps. Listen, if this is the God you believe in, I literally pray for you and all the women in your family. Yeah. No, no. Because fuck you. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to talk about it because I'm going to get upset and we're moving on. Okay. Fuck you. All right. Great. Oh, I have to say this now because it relates to another note later. Yep. On page 81, I wrote, I have a weird feeling about this guy, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he's kind of like this weird, like, he's he's mentioned so often he must mean something, but not in great detail where you would guess something. So like, 18 something pages happened. later, I say, I'm kind of rooting for her and Nick. <laughs> so, uh, spoiler alert, her and Nick hit off in the show way more than the book. Mm, okay. They're like... They're in love, basically. Like, it's a whole thing. Does she talk about Luke as much in the show? Oh, yeah. They have flashbacks to their life. Oh, okay. It's okay. A, guys, please watch the show. It's so good. <laughs> um, yep. Um, and it's... I got the same kind of torn feeling I got from her, where she is kind of holding on to anything that makes her feel normal, a human, a woman again, and that's to be with a man who isn't the commander. Mm. But she also feels and vocalizes oh. how guilty she feels about Luke and it's her daughter. It's so interesting that you say that because I have another note later on about that. So Okay, um, we'll get to it then? Yeah, we'll yeah. get to it. Tell me your note from page 70, whatever it was. It was the gang rape and I'm over it. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm not over it, but next. Okay, okay. Um, I have a note from 97. I have a note from actually 73. So it says, men were able to be out in the open, but women were closed off. And then I put... Um, I think it's more like society's sexual, um, sexualization and privacy of women's bodies and the normalization of men's bodies. Hashtag free the nipple. <laughs> free the nipple. <laughs> free the nipple. Free the nipple. If you don't wear a bra, I don't care. Don't wear a bra. See Whatever. Me? I'm cool with it. Um, um, and then we can definitely talk about the ceremony because that's significant. Yeah. Yeah. So the ceremony. so uncomfortable. The ceremony is basically like a sex slash rape situation it's so uncomfortable so like here's a quick description let's get visual so let's the commander's visual <laughs> visual i'm sorry oh that was we're a dystopian <laughs> comedy podcast <laughs> that was so inappropriate i'm so sorry the, oh the commander's wife sits on the bed with her legs spread out like a straddle and the handmaid kind of like rests in that space where her legs are so they become one body basically and then the commander kind of just like has sex with a handmaid as but like more as like a um um what's the she, word I'm she's like, like a, a shell of yeah, the wife like a vessel that thing that's the word yeah i was thinking train and that's not right that's not right a vessel <laughs> thank you that's the one To, to Margaret Atwood's, to, to, to give her some kudo points. Mm -hmm. um, to her credit. Thank you. So again, words. To her credit. I'm definitely a little drunker than you are, so I don't know why I, I'm getting these. I, <laughs> I suck, but I have so many good things, but I just can't talk about them. Taking away the obvious um, friction and kind of grittiness of the ceremony itself and how really not okay it is, I actually find the way she creates the two bodies as to one to form this 
baby is kind of beautiful. Obviously taken out of context. Yeah. The ceremony itself is really I can uncool. See that. I can see that. The whole, the situation is awful. It's, but it's, it's beautiful imagery. Yes. I know? like the way that her mind was able to, it, it fits in with my, the way I like to read dystopian novels where there's, there's titles, there's roles, there's ceremonies. I'm all about that. Yeah. yeah. All about that weird shit. Yeah. Hit me up with your weird... Nope, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. No. Please don't. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, so... Oh, I wanted to... Sorry, I actually have a note about the ceremony. Okay. She says, Alfred quotes, I don't know what this is, nor does rape cover it. Nothing is going on here that I haven't signed up for. And I just want to say that choosing between the lesser of two evils is not free will and therefore this is considered rape. Yes. I if agree. you're if somebody is pointing a knife or a gun at you and they say, "Hi, I'm going to sleep with you now." and you do, that's rape. Yes. Just because you choose the lesser of two evils to survive, that doesn't make it not rape. That doesn't make right. it consensual. Right. Yes, I agree. And if you're literally just laying there, like women, men, whoever you are, like this can happen to anybody. If if you are just laying there, if you are not actively participating, if you are, like, you know, if you're if you're able to lay there while it's happening and think, this is not what I want, or have, like, coherent thoughts at all, something's wrong. However, I would like to point out that I got the feeling that they weren't allowed to do those things. That's why yeah, it's called the ceremony and not making love, right? Still, you're, if you're... If you're consenting, your body's going to do certain things. Oh, no, for sure. You know for sure, saying? for sure, for sure. Like, Absolutely. It, if, you, if you're able to sit there and think, like, wow, look at that that wreath on the ceiling. You know, like, that's... that's something's not, wrong. Something's you're having... <laughs> you're either having really, really terrible consensual sex or <laughs> you're not having consensual sex. Like, that... And uh, both are terrible situations. They're really awful. It's <laughs> just really awful. Yeah. So, I'm just... Yeah. Consider your sex life and make sure it's healthy because you should be able to have conversations with your partner and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I, I have a note on page 113. Okay. My next one's 116, so. Okay. So I have a quote. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I also have 113. I wonder if it's the same. Okay. They said there was no... Oh, I can't read my... There was no... Okay. They said there was no sense in breeding. They were lazy women, she says. They were sluts. So this is people who would have sex just to have sex and because, you know, it's a healthy, normal thing as an adult. And n- <laughs> not to reproduce. Uh-huh. And I think it's interesting that she used, that the aunt in this case used the word slut because even in this society, in the society of Gilead, slut is still used to negatively portray women. And I think that that word was chosen word, specifically. I wonder what the word slut meant in the 80s when this book was written. Hi, if you were born or lived in the 80s... Tell no, us what First the of all, that was not was. that long ago. I'm sure it was the same shit. No, it really was not. I mean... Really? Well, no. I mean, words change. You know, like, between 2010 and 2019, even, hell, between 2014 and 2019, I guarantee you talk differently than you used to. No, for sure. So, but I feel like slut was... Yeah, but were you alive in 1986? No, but I would bet a lot of money that it's the same shit. I'm just saying. All if right. you, if it is the same shit, let us know. If I it's not, it's I want to know what it was, what it was like. Okay, my next quote, not quote, my next note is on page 116. Okay. <laughs> this section says, the commander, of course, is nowhere in sight. He's gone figuring out when his promotion is like, oh, no, I'm sorry. 
He's gone wherever men go on such occasions. Some hideout. Probably he's figuring out when his promotion is likely to be announced. If all goes well, he's sure to get one now. So this is, um, she's at the birth of, um, where Janine slash off Warren is giving birth. And my note just says, I'm sorry, the men get promotions when the handmaids give birth? Yes, because the men created a baby. No! Oh my god, it makes me so angry. It makes me so angry. It makes me feel like men think they are entitled to our bodies. It makes me feel like they think that they, like, like, I'm sorry, two seconds for you created a baby that I had to carry for nine months. I always talk about that all the time. Like, no. Like, fuck off. <laughs> I, was, I really, I'm really looking forward to being a mother one day. I'm not looking forward to giving birth. I was, I was reading a thing. I really don't know where or when or what it, what oh, it was on. Man. But it was like, what do you look, what do you want to be when you grow up? And someone said a father. I want to have all the fun, but I don't want to fucking carry it. Like, I feel that so heavy. No. Okay, I understand why that might be like desirable for some people, but also my view of parenting is that you should be equal. You know, like just because you're a dad doesn't mean you don't do anything. No, for sure. Especially, I mean, my dad was freaking great. My dad, like, he was a pilot, so he was gone a lot, but. He always made sure to do his best to be home for birthdays and concerts and recitals and, like, shows that we were in and Christmas and all that. Like, you can, you should be involved in your kids' lives. You should be involved. If you are going to have children, if you want children, make, ugh, make an effort. Oh, my gosh. And I'm don't sorry. use a handmaid. Don't use a handmaid. <laughs> don't use a mistress. Don't use your neighbor. Don't... Don't use a minor. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry. That should not have to be said. And yet, here, here we, we are. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, my I, next note is actually about, I'm so not looking forward to giving birth, but I am definitely excited to be a mother. Also, screw the whole wives have the power even though the handmaids gave birth thing. Um, I, I, the rest of this note says, isn't there a sort of primal bond between a biological mother and her child? It's inhumane to separate them unwillingly. Yes, and... In the show, they go into that a lot deeper where Janine gives birth and gets so attached, obviously, as you do with yeah. your child. There's there's an actual hormonal release yeah. when you have a child that is like thousands of times stronger than having sex, falling in love. Like it is the most strongly associated vibe. I don't know. I don't think vibe is the wrong word for that, but strongly associated connection between biological beings that I know of. I might be wrong about that if you're a biologist or a scientist that knows anything about science and birth and hormones, let us know. But as far as I understand it, like that is the strongest human bond that you can have. Speaking of birth, my next note is on page 128. Oh god. About the birth mobile. The birth mobile! And all I put was I imagine the Batmobile but with ovaries coming out the side and a, <laughs> <laughs> and a uterus as a spoiler. <laughs> That's the birth mobile. She had to understand that by, by naming the van <coughs> a birth mobile, that there was going to be so much back there. I think it just died of laughter. <laughs> I don't know what just happened to me. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's. I just wanted you to be aware of my thoughts for that Woo. particular piece. Woo. Woo. I, I also, like, speaking of, like, names for things, 
I don't like how everything is a compu something. Like a compu phone. Yeah. Or a compu till or a compu count. Compu or like mom. those annoyed me. But moving on. Um my next note is from 167 and it just says Soul Scroll sounds like they fucking automated praying. What the fuck? Is I that wrote that thing. thing. <laughs> I put the same thing. I wrote the same thing. <laughs> Lots of cannons. At first I laughed and made fun of someone who would pick up the phone, order a prayer of like a fucking drive through and go about their lives. But what's the difference between that and writing thoughts into a journal anyway? No. Uh, it, it's like, it's like freaking types. It's like, yeah. it, it takes me back to the days of um, indulgences where you freaking, you bought your way into heaven. Yep. You just buy enough prayers and then as you're good to go. As long as you go. do the soul scrolls like, enough, you get your tally no. and you're good. No, thank you. My next quote, or um, my next note is on 176. Oh, wait, I have 174. <laughs> okay, you go. It says, holy shit, this sounds exactly like what a government coup would look like today. It was after the catastrophe when they shot the president and machine gunned the Congress and the army declared a state of emergency. They blamed it on the Islamic fanatics at the oh, time. Oh, are you kidding? That happens right the fuck now. I know. That's right. what I said. It Next. sounds exactly like what a coup would sound like today. Oh, like, God. are we in the middle of that? Like, what is happening? The answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Oh, look out, Myra said to me over the phone. Here it comes. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. I love Myra. She has, um, I think it's interesting the, the role that Mora plays in this um, book is that that's kind of, if it wasn't for Mora, Moira, Moira, I don't think that Offred would be as fiery and rebellious as she is. And I think she would have fallen to the humdrum of yeah. Gilead. Yeah, I think Moira so. Moira is kind of like her symbol as like, this is she is the re- yeah, resistance. She exactly. is the revolution. Yeah, and I, agree. I want to be a part of that. And th- it's the same as the show. Page one ninety three. Oh, they killed the cat. I am done with this book. Oh, How could you? <laughs> oh, gosh. I was about to stop reading. I'm surprised I didn't write. I was like, these are these are the good. These are supposed to be the people you like. These are supposed to be the good people. Well, and it goes, they freaking killed their cat. It goes back to what you I said. Adopted this animal knowing that it would yeah. depend on you. Back to that. Oh my god! People do bad things and bad people do good things, and you can't paint it into a box. I don't care. I would never kill my cat. I would never ever fucking kill my cat. I think that I I I can't even imagine that. I I can't. I cannot even like stomach that idea. I think that I am not at liberty to say because my survival and life does not depend on it, and it never will. And so I cannot say. I wish I could say that I wouldn't kill my cat. But, like, if my life depended on it, I couldn't fucking tell you. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> page 209. Page 209. Did you write anything down on page 209? I did. I swear if it's the same as me, I'm quitting this podcast. Because Smart! <laughs> it's not the same thing, Okay, but dang it. Well, I mean, not dang it, because now I'm glad you're not yeah. quitting the podcast. But um, they're, they're playing Scrabble, and they're playing, like, fake words. That's what I was laughing at that one day at lunch when we were oh, reading. And I was okay. like, page 209. I was like, nah! <laughs> And I was, and Jackie was like, what are you laughing at? I was like, mm-hmm. So at this point in the book, the commander has invited Offred to his study every now, well, quite frequently, and yeah. they just play Scrabble, which is like super illegal. And yes. like, mm-hmm. if any of the, if either of them got caught, that would be the end of this shit. Yeah, but it's not like she can say no, again, because consent doesn't exist in Gilead. And yet somehow, she said no, it would be her fault and she's the slut. Yeah. So. So how is it really different? from today oh it's not <laughs> weird i'm sorry anyway so 
wrote my, my I wrote down and I starred this and I was laughing and I hope that you find it as funny as I do because if not this will be super awkward. <laughs> I put, we can delete it if it's not. I put fun. that the commander's love language is quality time. <laughs> <laughs> feel anything and so that's why Gilead was made to make them feel more of a purpose and I was like okay show me the statistics of therapy goers of the men and maybe if they couldn't feel anything because they couldn't get away with anything no consequences no risk no rush so <clears throat> yeah <coughs> to recap <coughs> you can get a, a, away with a lot in society as a certain type of person and if there are no consequences you don't do any you you don't feel the risk or the rush to do anything and you feel like you're missing something, and you've now apparently you created Gilead. Go to therapy. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's I guess it's one of those things where it's like if you you know the higher the risk, the higher the reward. So if there's no risk, then you don't really get that satisfaction of the reward, and that's that's a very realistic way that you could end up with something like Gilead. Mm -hmm. But it's also super shitty. It's not worth the risk. Go ahead. I don't like the idea that love is pointless. Like, they talk a lot about it on this page where, like, love is a pointless thing. And I just, I don't like it. And also, like, the nuns. The poor nuns. The poor nuns. Like, I would, uh, I would have thought that, like, religious people like that would have been revered in a place like Gilead. Like, I, if you become a nun, you're likely already devoted to God. Like, obviously, you have pledged your life and your body but. to him. And, but, like, to be forced to recant that, like... Pledge of celibacy. Well, that's in, because in women are only good for producing I, children. Like to be to be forced to recant that, and be like because others are claiming it's in service of God when you took that oath for God in the first place. There is something so inherently wrong about that that it, it made me so physically angry. I think I had to put the book down. Well, you'll end up on the wall, capital I, I, W, and I think that that is a. Uh, they I think I'd rather end up on the wall than stop believing. If I believed in something enough to become a nun for it, yeah, like I would rather be put on the wall. Well, I think all of those nuns also would agree with you. Yeah, I mean that's the oath you take. Yeah, that's the promise you make with your God. Yeah, I just it for like, I wouldn't. I don't think I have the guts to become a nun in the first place. But like, I can't. I it that that page made me so angry. That, it, I mean, it, it loops back around to the whole idea of using religion as tyranny, like as an excuse for tyranny. Yeah, absolutely. I, and it's, it's wrong. It's so wrong. This is why I don't like dystopians. Like, I, but see, I, 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 sus I can't, I can't, like, it's, I suspend my disbelief too much where I, I'm like, I'm in it and then I'm angry because our rules don't apply and their rules are stupid. I think, I think that if I can, maybe I'm dumb for thinking this, but I think if I can breeze through a brook, a brook, fucking Christ, if I can breeze through a book and not get a, angry or upset or even redonkulously overjoyed, it's not a book I need to read. See, I agree with that. If it doesn't make me feel anything, I don't want to read it, but I would much rather read a book that makes me overjoyed 
than a book that makes me angry. That's fair. I think I, I need the variety, personally. Yeah, yeah. I, I go through phases. We want to talk about everything. So. All the things. My, um, I, I'm ready to talk about the brothel, because I think that's where we at at this point, unless you have something before then. Yeah. No, the only thing I have before that is from the day at lunch when I went, I made that face, and you were like, what are you making that face at? Yeah. And I couldn't tell you yet, yeah. because we... Jackie and I do a lot of reading together, but yeah. we're not allowed to talk about the book before we actually sit down and do this. So it's like, no, save it, save it. And um, and also, but I, I, we were reading at lunch one day and I just made this face and she was like, what are you doing? I was making the face because the lingerie sounded so gaudy and trashy. I was like, who would wear this? Oh my God. It's only a style choice. Please tell me it's not your style choice. Listen. <laughs> it's not. I don't want to know. It's not. I changed my mind. Didn't take it back. I don't want to know. My mom listens to this podcast. So does mine. <laughs> I think there are only two listeners. <laughs> my family listened as a family. That's adorable. I know. Hi, Berkeley's. Berkeley. I love you. Aww. We'll just join families. My yeah. parents will love you. Great. Um, Jezebel's. Yeah. Not us. I'm talking about the brothel. I just go, you want to hear my notes on this? Yes, please. Verbatim. I said, is this a brothel? Really? They've got the society that tells women they must rely on men. Their duty is to procreate and their solace is that the men cannot touch women at all unless approved. And the men are still running shit like this? Men are trash! Well, that's what happens when you put men in charge, okay? I it's hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It's, I also think it's uh, important to note, though, that like, yeah, to you be, could yeah. you could have the ideas for this perfect utopian society that you think is gonna impact the world for the greater good, but you cannot deny your basic instincts, and that everyone loves a good brothel. Better is never better for everybody. Better is never better for anybody. Um, but everybody. yeah, no, it just it makes me so mad. And to be fair, to play devil's advocate against myself a little bit, this does not apply to all men. If you need to say not all men. Then, then this applies to you. This applies to you. <laughs> because if you're actually a man who would not have done something like this, you know we're not talking about yeah. you. So, so relax. Yeah. I just Drink have to put beer. that out there. I have to put it out there because, like, you know. I it's a lot. Still, it's, 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 it's so it's, much. It's a lot. It's so much. This really goes in there. I almost wish we had a dude here who could give us their opinions so that we could, like, yell at him. <laughs> Excuse me, Matt. You are wrong. <laughs> I love it. What, what were your notes? Um, so first, when I didn't know where, the, I mean, to be fair, I did know where he was taking her because I've seen the show, but I was, I took this as a... <laughs> I had a note that just like, where the fuck are they going? Exactly. I put, where is the commander taking her? Escape? Home? Maybe to go see her husband? Question <gasps> mark. And I, I put the husband because, uh, we already passed this chronologically, but... Um, the commander's wife, Serena Joy, gave her a picture of her daughter. Right, yes! I, that was one of the moments where I almost liked Serena, and then I found out that she had information about her daughter and wasn't giving it up, and I was mad again. In the show, she takes her to go see her daughter. <gasps> so, like, it, it's even more of, like, a... They see each other for, Spoiler like... Spoiler alert! Yeah, listen, <laughs> the whole... This whole fucking yeah. episode. She takes her to go see her daughter. Wow. It's a lot, um... But uh, Serena Joy in the show does a lot of things that kind of rebuilds the terrible person that they make her out to be. I have a note on page 240 that just says, Moira! <laughs> Moira's a fucking badass! Yes! And then 
also on page 244, I said, dude, I am pumped to hear Moira's story. Stoked! Oh my god. Did you, you write st- that because of me? I did. I'm so fucking stoked. Jackie's so stoked, you guys. <laughs> Most likely to be <laughs> to fucking, be fucking stoked. stoked. She's so stoked. So stoked. Um, but yes. Also, and then at the end of Moira's story, I wrote that I wish the story had been told from Moira's point of view. And that also was starting to remind me of The Hunger Games. Oh, absolutely. With the factions and yeah. like, oh, somebody's in charge of agriculture. Some, mm-hmm. Somebody's in charge of bodies. You know, like, it really reminded me of Hunger Games in that sense. And I, I ended up changing my mind about this because I do think that it's more effective if it's told from almost an every, everyone, like an everybody, like the average person's point of view, because not everybody would be a rebel like Moira. Um, not everybody would have the guts to do what Moira did. So I like to think I do, but I don't think I would. I don't think I would. I think I'd be more of an offering than I would be a Moira. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at the end of that, I said, I am so annoyed. I want to know what happened to Moira so and badly. And we never do. Yeah, you never find out, and it makes me so mad. My next note is on two forty nine. Okay. It says it's hypocritical to be turned on by women at on women on women, but also kill quote gender traitors. Yeah. So which we kind of touched on this already. Yeah. This is a hypocritical society of commanders who have been like, you're women, and this is your function, and also men love women, and women love men, as the Bible has decreed. But also, let's go see some sick porn. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Do your porn, but don't condemn other people because they don't do the porn you want to do. Yeah. That really went there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a little intense, but my okay. next couple of things are really aggravating. What do you mean by aggravating? I'm aggravated. Okay. Okay. I I want to hear those because most of mine are wait. So I'm... What's your next page? 261. Okay, I have one on 255 and then I want to let you okay, be aggravated. Okay, yeah, there you go. My note just says, this is awful. Oh my God. And I don't know what I'm referring to because right, there's a cool. lot of that. So let me, let me just double check Shoot where it says, I'm sure it's right. Oh, 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 oh. This is when she's having sex with a commander at the brothel. She's like, he pulls down one of my straps, slides his other hand in among the feathers, but it's no good. I lie there like a dead bird. He is not a monster. I think I can't afford pride or aversion. There are all kinds of things that have to be discarded under the circumstances. Maybe I should turn the lights out, says the commander, dismayed and no doubt disappointed. I see him for a moment before he does this. Without the uniform, he looks smaller, older, and something being like something being dried. Um, the trouble is that I can't be with him any different from the way I usually am with him. Usually I'm inert. Surely there must be something here for us other than this futility and bathos. Fake it, I scream at myself inside my head. You must remember how. Let's get this over with or you'll be here all night. Bestir yourself. Move your flesh around. Breathe audibly. It's the least you can do. That is, that is, the, ah! Yeah, it's a lot. Oh my god, it's so, it's so bad. I, like, <sighs> get out of there. Get, uh, that, that scene was so realistic to me that it was like, uh, this is fucking awful. <clears throat> it, it makes me cringe so hard. She's grumbling and giving me faces now. Are you ready for my aggravating notes instead? Yes. Okay. Tell me. Page 261. I put, this is the first time she is talking about being with Nick. Okay. The first one that's fake. Oh yes. Okay. She doesn't fight Nick like she fights the commander. Does she like him? Is it because she doesn't hate him? And then all caps, well, never mind. (laughs) And then the second time I was like, okay, this one for sure. I could just squirt it in a bottle and you could pour it in. And I put, 
first of all, you know, women are not milk cartons and you can't just pour shit in like that. Yeah. And then I put in all caps, okay, never mind again. <laughs> why tell, I want, I'm, I'm curious to know. I actually wrote a note about this too. I'm curious to know your thoughts of why she told two different stories. Is it because she wanted to be better than the thing that actually happened? No. See, here's what I, okay, let me find that note because I didn't, I wasn't originally going to talk about this. Okay, so while Chrissy's but, finding it, this is in the part of the book where, she is starting to sleep with Nick and at first Serena Joy set that up so that she could be pregnant. Serena just wants her baby. She doesn't care at this point by who. She knows that they'll never get it with the commander because the suspicion is that he's sterile. But, mm -hmm. quote, it's never the man's fault. Unquote. It really fucking is. But, yeah. um, so she's going to sleep with Nick and now he's she's been sneaking out to see him a lot because she actually enjoys it and it's consensual. Okay, Chrissy, go. Right. So this, this note is actually from the first time where you're talking about how she tells the story like three times or whatever. Yeah. Um, I wrote, so she's okay recounting the rape and the awkward ceremony sex, but this, the romance, is what she has trouble recounting. Yeah. They were formulated stories with quotes and feelings and colors. Okay, but, like, to be fair, also, also playing devil's advocate here, like, if you live a life where your only purpose is to breed and your daily activities mostly include looking out your window and going grocery shopping... You probably have a lot of time for your imagination. That's true. You are not wrong. So And also you'll grab onto anything that isn't your normal schedule. Yeah. Yeah. That tiny cigarette that Serena gave yeah. her was like the most monumental thing ever. Actually, this is sort of related. Um, it's about her sneaking out to see Nick. Um, I wrote, She's being careless. I feel like this is how most people would be though. She probably doesn't even actually care for Nick. She just feels a connection to something finally. It's something that's not numb for once. Yes. It, yeah, absolutely. I And I so I think that that's why she's being so careless. But And she recognizes she's being careless. Yeah, she, she, totally she calls herself out. Yeah. She's not going to make her stop reactions. We've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I think that that's like, if you're in that situation, you've been so desensitized to all of everything that's happening to you. Anything that makes you feel is going to be addicting. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So. I just, I thought it was interesting um, from an author's take to put that in specifically. Yeah. But I get it and I appreciate it. Well, actually. maybe it was, maybe Margaret Atwood had trouble writing that scene. I'm, yeah. And I she was know. like, this is how I see it. And it's like, no, that's not right. And this is how I see it. And also, no, that's not right. And then realize that that's actually what would have happened in this yeah. situation. Yeah. So my next note is completely unrelated to that. So is there anything else you want to talk about with like Nick? Yeah. Just a small thing. Um, she clearly, when she talks about how she wants to stay with Nick and she doesn't even want to escape anymore. Yeah. I put like, at this point, who can blame her? It's Honestly. hard to have, to keep hope after all those years. And if she's found a small escape that makes her life not completely unbearable, yeah. why would you want to risk it? Yeah. And just, just stay content with yourself. Yeah. And I said, it's, it seems she's wrapped up in any possible, um, positive aspect. Yeah. Most of the rest of my notes are sort of related. But I think this is the last that's like its own standalone thought um, was page 275. Okay. Uh, and this is when they're at the women's salvaging. Mm, yeah. And um, I wrote, there is something so wrong about convicting someone of a crime without the t telling the public what that crime was. There is no accountability. Absolutely. It's just you this can, person at this, this. point, th like this is an escalation. This is them saying we can do whatever we want to you and we don't have to give an explanation to anybody. And in the show, the women get in trouble if they don't participate in the stoning or the hitting or the beating. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's crazy to me. Like, she said something about, like, everybody leans forward and pulls on the rope. They hang these women? Like, their hands are the ones that pull the rope that hang the women. I think that's... I, it was a little unclear to me, but the vibe I got off of it was that, like, you have to participate in it and that there's this long line of rope and everybody lines up at the rope and pulls it. It's a unity thing. It's like, even though you have your walking buddy or you think you found others who have given you the mayday sign, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean anything because we're going to be the ones to kill you anyway. Yeah. Your buddy is going to be the one to kill you. Yeah. Okay, my next note is also kind of about the salvaging, where I wrote, I said, there is so much killing. Um, the mob mentality is real and it's scary. I just put, tell me what the crimes were, exclamation point. Yeah, I want to know what they did so I want to know. Because it's probably... The wife probably killed... Um, the wife probably killed... A handmaid? A handmaid. See, I, cause even, even from an outsider's point of view, murder is bad. Murder equals bad. Don't murder. Yes. But like something like being gay or being intersex yeah. or being a priest, like those things are crimes in Gilead and you'll be hanged for that. And that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, my last note really that kind of stands on its own is about the ending and I just put, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> I wrote, um... So Offglen hung herself. Mm-hmm. Again, so much death. How is this better? How is this society? Oh, better, better than because all they cared about was the um the the rise in population because the birth rates were decreasing. Okay, the... but how are you gonna have a rise in population if you've created a society that a kills people who are infertile and b causes the fertile people to be so like unhappy, so depressed, so like. Well, I think they kill themselves. I think a they kill the the they kill those who are not fertile because what's their use? Uh, yeah, B, they could be caretakers. I mean, you know. I true, but I think it's supposed to. Yeah, they could be aunts. They could be even be sent to the colonies. As bad as that is. Yeah. Um, but I think it's it's supposed to instill fear and instill the power and the terror. I I mean I get that, but at the same time, like if your if your aim is to increase population, you shouldn't be killing people. You know, like you should not your primary goal should to be preserve life, not destroy it. And yeah. if you're creating a society that makes people want to destroy their own lives, well I think they don't maybe they don't realize the high rate of that. I mean, how can you not realize? Because, well, they, they created Gilead. What do you mean, how could they not realize? They're idiots. I mean, yeah. But still, I if you if you have to take out all of the hooks, all of anything that could be used to kill yourself, if you have to take that away, then that means you know, you know yeah. that they want to kill themselves. So, like, how... I just... I it Because they think they're doing it for the greater good and because their God told them to. All right, Grindelwald. <laughs> Oh, hey now. Too much. <laughs> this book made me angry. This book made me angry, and um, I'm I'm at my final thoughts on the chronological yep. section. Mm-hmm. But um, this is word for word what I wrote when I finished the book. Okay, I'm ready. Yesterday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I said, there is so much left unknown, and it feels very real. And as much as I would have liked a heroic story of defiance or something like it, this felt more real like what any normal person would have done. You don't know how to change things until it's too late. I wonder if that will happen with Trump. I wonder if we are becoming complacent. I find this to be similar to The Circle by Dave Eggers in the sense that it's a very realistic dystopian novel without a satisfying ending. But to be fair, Offred was much more likable than May. So if you haven't read, if you haven't read um, The Circle by David uh, Dave Eggers, 
basically it's a dystopian novel written about technology and um, social media's pervasiveness in our lives. So there's a company called The Circle that's basically like Google and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and like all of the social medias wrapped into one and there's no more privacy. Like people wear cameras around their necks and people like... Black Mirror. I've never seen Black Mirror, but sure. <laughs> um, and But the main character, May, is... I hated her when I read that book. I hated her. So it's it's just like, I liked Offred more, but at the same time, like, I hate the society. I hate their rules. I hate the lack of privacy. I hate the lack of, like, personal freedom. And I hate that there's no solid ending. You're supposed to hate it. I hate it! You're supposed to hate it. I know it. you're supposed to hate it, but that doesn't make me like reading it anymore. Like, it did what it was supposed to do, good for it, but I hate it! That's fair. Those things can be true. I quite liked it. I have questions. I also, I only have two questions, though. I have, um, And they're also not actually about the book this time. They're more, like, questions that sparked from the book. I have three questions, because the other ones we've already answered. Okay. So, I'll go first, since I've got three. Okay. Um, I'm interested to know why... So, Gilead was formed mainly because, as they've stated in the book, because of a fallen birth rate. Yeah. Why do you think the fallen birth rate happened in the first place, that Gilead had to be formed? Because my first instinct is the kind of the, the, the trend that's happening now, where people, millennials and Gen, I, Gen, Gen Z... Are not having children at the same rate as our parents and our grandparents and great grandparents. Because we can't afford it. Do you think that's the reason? Because we buy too much avocado, avocado toast. toast. No. Do you think that's the reason? Is there something deeper? What, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I see. This is where I would say it was an environmentalist book because I think it's not necessarily about like people don't want to have children anymore, which I would say is true now because we don't want to give kids like. I know, at least in, in my own life, I don't want to have children until I can give them a life that they deserve, you know? And, you know, that's not necessarily going to happen in all cases, but I would say that in Gilead, the vibe I get is that, like, the birth rate is declining because there's something going wrong with genetics, there's something going wrong with food chain, there's something going wrong with nuclear fallout, you've got radiation everywhere, some kind of war has happened. You know, what? why else are they cleaning up radioactive mm-hmm. stuff in the colonies, you know? So that's, that's the vibe I got off of it, where, like, something has happened to destroy the planet enough that it's affecting their, like, the food chain. Like, that's actually one of the questions I had written down, was, like, what would actually happen if all of the fish disappeared from the ocean? How would that actually affect the food chain? How would that affect the environment? Would you have a bunch the of dead whales? The changes would be fucking drastic. Yeah, exactly. But, like, how drastic? What would that change? You know, if we've killed our, essentially killed our oceans, mm-hmm. how does that affect the human population? It probably decreases it a lot. So that's that's where I pulled the, this is an environmentalist book from. Okay. Yeah, I never thought of it like that. I just didn't question. I didn't question anything that was happening. I was just like, mm-hmm, sure, that was, this is happening. I think happening. The, the fish was on page 164, I believe. Okay. Because I, that was literally a question I wrote down. It's not one of my two questions, but it says, the sea fisheries were defunct several years ago. The few fish they have now are from fish farms and taste muddy. I, I had a lot of questions on that page. I was like, how did the fish die? How did the whales die? Mm-hmm. You know? 
what would happen to the food it's chain probably the radiation that they're cleaning up in the colonies yeah so that's what i pulled from it especially because if she's writing writing this in the 1980s that's right after the 1970s obviously but the 1970s was full of counterculture full yeah. of people who are anti-vietnam full of people who are anti-nuclear warfare you know like it's a big movement at the time and um they it's probably a really big deal and that's probably where she's pulling most of this from that answer your question it does thank okay. you do you want me to ask one now yes i do does the Me Too movement mirror the feminism of the 70s that likely inspired the book? Ooh, my immediate reaction is no. I agree. But I wonder how the book would be different if it was written today based off the Me Too movement. I think that... This is going to sound terrible. I think it wouldn't have had such an impact on me. And maybe it's because I'm living and growing up in the society where that shit is normal, that I'm yeah. so desensitized from it that another book on feminism and the me too movement and anti-rape culture the me too movement is almost so pervasive that it's almost becoming white noise exactly and that's terrible it's awful it's really awful because there are so many women out there with stories that deserve to be heard and at that point the sheer volume of it exhausts people and i don't think the book would be dystopian at that point it would just be nonfiction. yeah i think that's fair and that's a you come you you gotta go to that book with a completely different mindset yeah just don't be a shit person. It's really that simple. Yeah. Just don't, it's like that. It's like don't not... Don't victimize people. It's not hard. And if you do it by accident, apologize. Make it right. Like, I just... Obviously, we're talking about the uh, the lesser forms of it. Yeah. But yes. Uh, yeah. No. Like... Just, just stop being shitty. Yes. All right. Okay. Are you ready for my next question? Yeah. Page 200. I'm going to read a quick little blurb. Okay. Should I turn there or should I just listen? Whatever you choose if you want to read along. We're talking about um, people on the wall that they're looking at. Okay. There is one with the red letter J painted. Oh, yes! It says, so the J isn't for Jew, but what could it be? Jehovah's Witness, Jesuit, Jesuit, whatever it meant. He's just as dead. I'm curious, what do you think the red J is and why? I did not have a hypothesis. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like I should, but I didn't. I was trying to think of who it was, and then I read the two examples they gave us, the Jehovah's Witness and the Jesuit, and... Maybe I, it's not religious, though. That's what I was trying to think. I was like, well, let's switch gears here. Jainist? Or, they, I mean, if we're if we're doing religious, yeah. Jainist would be one. If we're not doing religious. Oh, I'm trying to think of if there's a, a derogative term for anything that is an anti-LGBTQ community or educators even. You know, lawyers, they're, they're, they get hung, hanged. JD. I mean, if you're a judge, a JD... Yeah. Juris doctor, but I mean, it's probably religious. I feel like it's probably religious. The most common reason for an execution is a religious reason. I have one more question, but I don't know what you. I also have one, but I guess it kind of ties into the last one. Um, it says, "How would the book differ if it was written today? Do you think it would?" Um, (laughs) no. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, I I could, I could make a case for either. Yeah. But I think the strongest case is that it wouldn't fucking change. Yeah. Which is depressing as hell because yeah. it's been 30, <laughs> She's doing math 35 years since this book was written. 30 yeah. years, somewhere between 30 and 35 yeah. years. Yeah. Like, I don't think it would change and that fucking sucks. Yeah, it does. I have a more fun question. Yay! What do you think happened to Moira? Mm-hmm. Write me a story. See, part of me wants to believe that she got out of there and got to Canada, but I think she kind of gave up. I think she... Stayed there until I stayed. I think she stayed in the brothel. I think she worked in the brothel until her body was basically no 
longer usable, I think she probably ended up in the colonies. That's so sad. I know, it's super depressing, and it's not fun at all, but I think that's probably what realistically happened. It's true, because one of the last things we hear from her is that she almost seems content with being in Jezebel's, and, like, that wasn't her at all. She was very defiant getting out of there, and she's like, well, you know. She's like, this is We got cigarettes, we got liquor, it's cool. Yeah. And, like, she might have settled for Jezebel's. Yeah, I think that's probably... Which, to be fair... I'd have to. Yeah. I, I think it. that's that's most likely what she did. I would love to think that she, like, staged a coup of Jezebel's yeah. and, like, all the freaking, the women of Jezebel's, like, killed all the commanders in one night and, like, uh, took over. Write a be, sequel. She is. The Testament. That's right. Oh, it comes out this year. Yeah. yeah. I actually lied. I have one more question. Okay. What's Alfred's real name? June? Yeah. Why do you know that? Um, because I read the introduction, but also, um, in the introduction, she mentions that it's the only name at the beginning that is not mentioned ever again. Page four, Alma, Janine, Dolores, Moira, and June. Yeah. 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 Um, it's June in the show as well. Is it? Yeah. But I like that she kind of made it. She, well, in the introduction, she said it wasn't intentional, but it fits. I have no other notes about the book. Me neither. Is oh it time God. to talk about wine? It's time for wine. Is it time to make some poor decisions? Let's make some P-O-U-R decisions. Good, because we've been out of wine for a little while, but we were saving it so that we could talk about it at the end. Let's talk. Oh, 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 oh. oh. All right, so today we are drinking Rosa Regal Sparkling Red. <laughs> I think that's how you say it. Rosa Regal Brochet de Ducky. Where did you get the singer? Oh, Brachetto Ducky. Bra- da qui. Da if, it's, qui. if it's Italian, it's Bracchetto da qui. So it's a DOCG. Oh, that's why it was $20 a bottle. Yeah. Um, oh, so sense. DOCG, it's an Italian wine. Um, 2017, it is the only sparkling red wine that Publix on 301 carries. Hey, <laughs> triangulate um, my house, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, wait. It's the only <laughs> sparkling red wine that... The closest Publix carries. It's fine. I move tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, we had decided that it was... um, The Handmaid's Tale went best with uh, Sparkling Red. This is our Black Bubbles option on Tannins and Tomes. Sparkly fucked up shit. Yeah. That that describes The Handmaid's Tale pretty well, I think. I feel like we really don't even have to go into the details of that. Y'all fucking get it. Yeah, you get it. It was definitely, like... I felt like it was... We had to have something that was almost too sweet you know almost too like almost too much just just towing the line actually i really think this fit really well no it actually did i'm glad this is the only one that Publix actually had because it's perfect because it was perfect so um we'll read you the back it says a soft and deliciously luscious red sparkling wine with charming hints of rose petals and raspberries produced by banfi srl Montalcino! Oh, yeah, Italy. I've been to Montalcino. In our winery. Oh. Strevi, Italy. It's a 7%. Um, we had two, and we actually... It's super easy to drink, because yeah. we... It's juice. Yeah, it's juice. But it's good. I got the juice, juice, juice. Yeah. Usually, Jackie said usually she can't drink sparkling reds because they're too they're sweet. They're too sweet, but this one kicks you at the end and it's i think maybe it's the raspberry it's like the bitter of the raspberry mm. like right before mm. they're ripe yeah mm-hmm. at the yep. very end you get the tail and it, it works if you don't like sweets yeah this is a wine for you yeah i, I like, mean if you like sweet but not too sweet yeah. this is a good wine it's, a, it's a good it's a good wine for 
a large amount of people. people yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess this is sort of blending into tannins and tomes, but um, we're not going to do the full wine chart that we did last month because right. it was a little bit long, but it's basically like, it's black bubbles. It's, it's really dark. It's really bubbly. And the bubbles are super nice and thin and like fine bubbles. You Your know? glass is also tinted though. Oh. Yeah, it's actually not dark. <laughs> um, okay, so it's more like a... It actually looks like a really dark raspberry. It literally looks like a dark raspberry. Yeah. It looks like with, a dark raspberry. With, with some... With like really, really fine bubbles. Yeah. It's delicious. It's so good. It's so good. It's like... I'm a little stuffed up right now. I can't really smell it, but... Welcome to my life all the time. Um, it, yeah, if you smell it, it's a little bit tart. It's a little bit sweet, but it's a little bit tart. And, uh... It I goes mean, with the book. It does. It goes with you the You get book. a little bit of the sweet with the lilies and a little bit of tart with the rape. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I am. Oh, she went there. <laughs> just, like, keeping it real. <laughs> um, yeah, so super... Super delicious. Um, it's. I could drink an entire bottle of this. Feel like toasty, but not want to. Not like feel sick. Yeah. It's like carbonated juice with a, a hint of. Liquor. It tastes like grape juice. No, it does. Like it's super smooth. But like with raspberries in it. It's like it sets you up for this. Tastes thing. like raspberry juice. <laughs> well, to, to mirror the book, you know, you go into it with this sweet kind of realistic portrayal of the society and then at the end you hit that raspberry tartness and you, you get more into the book it's like this is fucked up you guys yeah, yeah. i'm just kind of pulling at strings here yeah i mean no i think it's fair i mean i feel like this was a simple one you black bubbles it's dystopian this shit's fucked up yeah i really don't think there's a lot of detail to go into here and the wine's not super complex it's really just a very sweet it's very sweet. raspberry yeah. You definitely get the rose petals vibe mm-hmm. off of it, um, where it's like it's soft. It doesn't it it doesn't dry your mouth out. It doesn't. It's not too sharp on your tongue, but it's, you get just a teeny tiny kick at the end. It's like a liquid Jolly Rancher. Yes, there it is. That is Found the best it. description I've ever. Got it, liquid Jolly Rancher. Yes, got it. I think that's it. Should yeah. We, oh, I have a list of things that we were supposed to talk about for our next podcast. It says corrections. Jackie's poem from Minnesota 3. Yes. Oh, uh, I remember. The red dress. Um, oh, yes. What do women want? That was an excerpt. The, what, I, um, what, what I read yes. was just about two stanzas of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. The thing's like seven stanzas long. Yeah. It's amazing. Please read. Yes. Um, and then the last thing I have is to explain the yeast story. Oh, my God. Guys. We've I'm never so explained sorry. that story, and you probably have no idea why we've been ending every episode with yeet. So, Jackie and I, before we were poor, um, we used <laughs> <laughs> God, We're so poor. We are. We spent all our money on podcast equipment. Um, before we were poor, we used to go to um, a local record store on Fridays at lunchtime called Mojo Books and Records, and it's a used bookstore that also sells, like, old movies and CDs and vinyl records. And there's also a coffee shop in it. It's great. It's awesome. We love it. We go there. We l- I would love to go there more, but again, we're poor now. But there was this one day that we were leaving and the store manager said to both of us, like, y'all have a good day or something like that. And Jackie, like a normal person, responded with like, thanks, you too, or something like that. Something. But somewhere between my brain and my mouth, <laughs> the words 
yes and you too <laughs> and thank you got mixed up and I responded with a very small and very broken just <laughs> but luckily we had spoken at the same time <laughs> luckily we had spoken at the same time and so I don't think the guy heard me oh, but I, I literally just and we walk out the score and she goes what did I just say? <laughs> I said, Jackie, did you hear that? And she goes, no, what'd you say? I said, I don't know. I think you just, I just looked at him and he just said, have a good day. And I just went, eat. <laughs> and for some reason, it just oh. seems to be the best way to close this out. Because how else are how you going to close this? How else can we close this shamble of a podcast out <laughs> with yeet? <laughs> so... Make sure you check us out on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook and you send us your favorite books. Oh, we should talk. Oh, I'm sorry. We should Jesus. talk. We should talk about our March book. March book, you guys? Yes. Um hopefully, Ready? yeah, we will have announced it by by the time you hear this. So But as a reminder, it's How to Find Love in a Bookshop, a novel written by Veronica Henry. Yes. We picked this up from Barnes and Noble. Heaven. Oh, a while ago. <laughs> yeah, we, it's my happy place. The edition that we are going to be using is the Penguin Books, um, copyright 2016. So I don't know if there's more than one edition, but we're using the, the paperback. So make sure you're reading along. Um, we wanted to lighten things up a little bit because The Shining was pretty heavy and then The Handmaid's Tale was somehow heavier. Fucked up shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to lighten it up about loves and bookshops as the two most important things in life is finding love and a good-ass bookshop. Heck yeah. So, um, again, check in with us on our social media at Read Those Vines, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Send us an email. We want to hear your book suggestions. We want your quotes. We want your poetry. All that. Send it all. No nudes, just poetry. No nudes, just poetry. Yes. Okay, thanks guys. This has been cool. This has been super fun. We'll catch you next time, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah. This might take a minute. Yeah, <laughs> it might take a hot second. But, um... Hot pocket. Oh my god. That was not an ad.